When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Getting my dad to say I love you. To say what? Say love it. Outrageous. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Dad, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay, Chris. Good. Good yeah, it's you. good to hear you too and see you because we can see each other at the same time. We've got Rachel Fairburn for this episode. You've been looking her up on the internet? Yeah, I've been looking her up. Yes, she's a bit eclectic and what she, she does. She has a very popular podcast. Yeah, yeah no, it does seem quite popular. What's, do you know what it's about? Well, it seems to be about hot tacos. Yeah. Um. I don't know quite what else it's about, but it's all about music as well, and she's. There's also also her podcast about murderers. Oh yes, there was a thing about murderers. Yes, very popular, very popular topic. You ought to get down here and do the the doctor murderer down here. Who's the doctor murderer down? Is that Shipman? No, it's his predecessor, whose name I just instantly forgotten. Of course, which dead dead moment. Of course, I never heard a. um, a murderer referred to as a predecessor to another murderer. <laughs> well, he was. I mean, he was the precur- or perhaps the precursor. Hang on. Um, uh, just a minute. I'm just going to get his name. Just Great. Give me two just seconds. waiting for a dad to Google something. That won't take long. Yeah. Dad. dad um... Play some interlude music, please, producer Paul. Well, hang on just a I'm, minute. I am hanging on. It's my, it's my podcast. Don't tell me to hang on. Any time this week, Dad. Oh, yes, here we are. I've got his name now. Um, uh, John Bodkin Adams. Okay. But I, I, asked, I asked her quite an interest because the other thing she likes is tacos, very hot tacos. Do you know why it's called hot taco? I think I haven't read. A hot taco on Urban Dictionary is when somebody, preferably a male, farts into a woman's vagina before sexual intercourse. Really? Good Lord. I, I thought this was a meal you bought in Chester. No, I think I think genuinely, Chris, no, I think I'm, you're wrong now. I think she's, there's generally a restaurant called the Hot Taco or something, or something. The... What are you, where are you getting this information from? Oh, no, I got it. I'm sure it's right, because she keeps going on about and it. Where are, you, where are you finding this information? I'm on, I'm on a... Well, I found it online, and it was all... Ah, uh, I, I see what you mean. Okay, right. So, on her Twitter, she's recommended a a restaurant in Chester that does tacos. That's what. That's what. Yeah, but I, she's obviously very because hot tacos keep coming up over Stop and over again. Stop saying hot tacos. Now we know what it means. 
as far as I was aware, she does a very successful podcast about murderers. She's very funny, very lovely person. And uh, you've managed to pick up that she does enjoy spicy uh, tacos. Okay. And yes. I, I don't know if that's what she's be- better well, I, wrong I did listen to a bit of her. Yeah, she was quite good, I thought. Right, um, great. Well, she doesn't always mention the tacos. but So Death by Taco is obviously the place to oh, go in Chester. Oh, okay. I'm going to go chat to her, Dad. All right. I'll speak to her and I'll see you later. I love you. Good. Thank you very much. Welcome, my lovely guest, Rachel Fairburn. How are you doing? Hello. I'm very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, what I like to do right at the gate, Rachel, I don't like to mess around with my guests. I like to ask okay. you straight away, have both your parents said to you the phrase, I love you, before? Uh, only my mum. Only your mother. My dad never has. Really? That I, can, re- that I can remember. Interesting. A bit interesting yeah. that you went, um, you immediately know that. Because uh, I asked yeah. some people, they're not, not sure. When I came up with the premise, I was like, I don't know if my dad had an hand. So your dad, uh, what, what about, what, he's just a, an old fashioned guy and just not his style or? Well, this is the weird thing, right? So first of all, my parents are still together, which I often have to, <laughs> I think people assume because I'm Northern and working class that my parents aren't together. Um, Do they? I Do asked, people assume that? Oh my God, the amount of times I get asked, are your parents still together? I get asked it quite a lot and I have been throughout my life. Wow. But then again, maybe it's because I tend to talk more about my mum than my dad. Right. Um, so uh, my, uh, what, what, what was your original question? Oh yeah, my dad, what's yeah, he like? Dad, he's, um, yeah. So he's Welsh and he... See, this is it. We always have a laugh within the family because we don't really know anything about him, even though he's there and he's like, we know he's Welsh, we know his name, but he doesn't, um, he never volunteers any information about himself. I haven't got any stories from his childhood. I have a, I couldn't tell you what school he went to. I, he's, he's, he's just, I don't know. He's a mystery. Completely, and I'm not. I'm not exaggerating this either. This is genuinely the the only things you know about your dad is he's Welsh and his name. Yeah, (laughs) and his name. That's it. I don't know. Uh, He doesn't really have anything that he's particularly interested in. He doesn't. uh, What does he? What does he do? What does he do, Data? What does he? Yeah. What does he? What is it? Who is this man? Let's we should do exactly. Who is this man? I want to do a new podcast called "Who Is Rachel Fairburn's Dad?" (laughs) and we just work out who he is. He's a bus driver and uh, he he loves driving. In fact, that is something that he loves. Um, he he always refers to himself as a professional driver. Okay, well he is. Um, he is, yeah. He, he loves being a professional driver. Does he? But, does he compare? Does he watch F one and say kind of the same thing? Is he kind of with similar mind? Yeah, I like to see him see, drive a drive a longer he, vehicle. <laughs> see, he probably wouldn't watch that. The only thing the only other thing I know about him is that he likes football and rugby. Okay. So there are two other things that I know about him. I don't know his feelings <laughs> on Formula One. <laughs> at all. I love this. Do you know what, though? It's funny because you uh, when you started talking about him, I was thinking of my dad. And he similarly does not... He has a couple of things I know. He loves food. He's like a mm-hmm. big guy. He likes his food and drinking and socialising. He likes old books and ephemera. And that's going to relate to you in a sec because you used to work oh. in the library. So, um, which he... Yeah, so that but when i try to uh he doesn't tell fun stories of his he doesn't he doesn't want to give anything below the surface away in any way it's very odd i don't really know anything about him either but i know a couple if we're talking about anything that isn't like food 
all that. Mm-hmm. If it's not in his, I just see his like whole eyes glaze over. Like he's like like an alien who's just like, what is going on in this conversation? Yeah, and, and it's weird as well because my mum and my dad are two completely opposite people. Like my mum's smart. It, I mean, that sounds like I'm calling my dad thick. But even mum's really intelligent. Well, you don't know. Your dad, your dad could be the smartest guy in the world. Be, you don't know him. Could, <laughs> exactly. He could be the stupidest man or the most intelligent man. And I just don't even know. Um, my mum's really smart, really switched on, really interested in loads of different things. Sort of, you know, interested in sort of current affairs and has an opinion on things and will talk about all different subjects with people. And, and I just think how... Have these two people ended up together <laughs> do you, do and stayed know? together? Do you know how they met? Yeah. You yeah. So my, that. I do. I do know this. My um, my parents met um, where my mum went to work at Butlins on Barry Island uh, for like a, a summer season, and she a, was a waitress. What a, Brit- what a British sentence to hear! It's I know. I'm, in, I'm in America right now. I've just heard the most <laughs> British sentence. It's made me so. <laughs> she was a, a waitress. And my dad was working in the kitchens there and they met at a fancy dress party where my mum was dressed as Julius Caesar and my dad was dressed as a woman. That's great. So, yeah. They had to. They had to, they had to cop off when they'd done that. Exactly. And that's how they ended up together. But, yeah, I just... There's just nothing in... I mean, what? They have nothing in common. It's... Apart from the children. I mean, maybe it's me and my sister that's kept them together. I don't know. But you don't... I, uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to make you say something. You're not trying to say, but I always. My parents are together, but the the way they talk to each other and stuff, you know. Like I've had these thoughts of like I think, like you know, I don't want to. I something. If you guys were separated, I think it wouldn't be the one. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. Yeah. I'd be like. But they are codependent, and so I'm. 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 I'm distilling something that I'm not in, which is unfair of me. But I would be very unsurprised if they went. Do you know what? Maybe with different people, we should be doing our own thing. Yeah, you see, that's quite interesting because I, my parents argue all the bloody oh, time. Yeah. And like all the time, growing mate. up, it was like when I think back, I'm like, bloody hell, they just didn't, they never let up. Um, which is why I, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents growing up because it was nice and quiet and peaceful. And, you know, I got to just have a bit of time to myself without constant shouting. But it's like the, the way my, and I've noticed now when I go back home, I get quite stressed because I'm like, why are they shouting all the time? Like, they're just oh, asking no. each other a simple question and they're just shouting. And, and I rarely shout. And when I do, I always surprise myself because I'm like, oh, God. And it always takes me back to being... And, it, and it's nothing bad, obviously. I'm not traumatised by it. I think it was just a stressful sort uh, of yeah, time no, to I, be I relate to that massively because I... Um, yeah, the same. I... I very much don't like shouting. I don't like confrontation, but I remember very vividly as a kid sitting on stairs, hearing them shouting all the time. Yeah. And so I kind of have actively tried to do everything to not do it. When you go home still, do you find this, are you kind of, are you in between of them? My mum will say stuff about my dad, my dad will say, but maybe your dad doesn't say anything to you by the sounds of it, but, and I'm always there and I'm trying to sort of peacemate and I'm like, what am I doing? It's not my job. I'm not, not the agents for this relationship. See, I get like that. I do sort of, um, not as much as I used to as a kid. It's sort of like, they'd go through these phases of like not speaking to each other for, for days as well. So it'd be like, oh, mum and dad aren't speaking. So it'd be like, tell your father this. And it's like, oh, right, okay. Yeah. You know, that kind yeah. of vibe. I know. But now it's sort of, there's sort of this weird sort of bonding thing that happens sometimes. So my mum, as great as she is, will never admit when she's wrong, ever. And it's such a bad 
like trait to have in a personality she will never admit when she's wrong uh, and me and my sister and my dad bond over this it's probably the the main thing that we all bond over because it's like she'll say something like, here's an example her phone her mobile phone is like an iphone 2 or something yeah and it's shit it doesn't work get a new phone every time you ring her it ends up cutting off at some point and then she'll ring you back and go your phone it's your phone it's like no, this happens whenever we speak to you on the phone. This is your phone. She won't admit. Even it, she'll say something and deny that she ever said it oh, as well. God. It's like, no, mum, you did say that, but she won't. And I sort of, when I was growing up, I genuinely, up until about the age of fourteen, I genuinely thought that my mum was never wrong. Mm. Like I thought, oh well, if my mum said that, then that must be the truth. Or and what then was I, the, uh, I went, what was the moment? What was the thing that you were like, that's, bull- that's bullshit, mate? <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but it, I, th- I think it sort of crept in a little bit when I was like, I don't think that's true. Or like, she didn't, I didn't say that. She just said, you know, you know what I mean? Like, and, I, and I started to actually realise, like, oh shit, actually, my mum is occasionally wrong. Um, but this is what we, we sort of bond over. So my, my dad, um, he sort of... <laughs> If my mum listens to this, I do apologise because I don't think she knows this. So my dad will say, <laughs> if he's really pissed off at my mum, he will refer to her as the dragon. So <laughs> he'll like, he'll phone me up. So, oh, my dad is very proud to be Welsh as well. Um, so him using the dragon. So a term of endearment. Term of well, endearment. He'll, he'll go, oh, well, you know, the dragon said this or uh, the dragon's on the warpath. Um, so it'll be... And this is when we sort of bond over things. And it, and it, so my dad rarely rings me. I, like, so, I mean, if he rings me, I'm like, oh, God, no, what's happened? It's got to be bad right. news, right? Right. But sometimes he'll ring me and he'll, you can tell he's in quite a good mood because it, it feels like, I don't know, like he's won an argument or something. You can tell that he's dying to tell you <laughs> some victory that he had. And it'll be weird because, like, I, I'll, I'll speak to him then and then I, I won't hear from him for, or speak to him for weeks because I get all my news about my dad through my mum. So she's very much like, you know, I'll phone her. And if my dad answers the phone, it's one of those where it's like, oh, can you put my mum on, please? Because I don't really know what to say to you. <laughs> so I kind of get all my news about my dad through my mum. Right, She'll tell right. me where he's been, what he's been doing and stuff. That's yeah. so funny that he's, he mainly rings to celebrate a victory in an argument. That's basically... Well, yeah. oh. <laughs> also, speaking of ringing here, as I say, he loves being Welsh. His answer phone message for a good few years when he rang his mobile was uh, oh, it's so embarrassing. It, you know, he didn't give his name, didn't say just say his <laughs> message. He, he said, you have reached the Prince of Wales. <laughs> and then it just beeped. It's like... What are we... And then you... I want to know so much more about... Your, your dad is... What is what is going on in that head? I mean, what's funny is you said... You did say... Um, what do you say? My dad's very proud to be Welsh. And I feel like um, that doesn't need to... If someone's Welsh, that, we don't need to... You don't need to... I've never met a non-proud Welsh person. Yeah, It's exactly like, how do you know... So, everyone has that joke about vegans. I'm vegan. How do you know if there's a vegan? I tell you. I know fucking someone's Welsh because they'll be <laughs> bloody... Got red paint on their face from across the street. <laughs> yeah, they're insanely proud. Yeah. The Prince of Wales. Have you ever gone... What is... ever? I mean, just it's... Does he th- does he rate himself? <laughs> just I don't know. Well, this is it. Like he does he need. So... You've got no brothers, right? 
No brothers. Do you feel like your dad is like? He sounds like a guy that wanted us. Like, like he he openly wanted a son, and and he just cannot get out. Did he try? Did he try and push that on you as a kid? A hundred percent. My dad um, wanted. I think my dad would have been much more comfortable if he'd had sons rather than daughters because he he sort of. I think he feels quite surrounded by women a lot of the time because most of my family are women. And I know him and my granddad sort of used to, my mum's dad used to bond a bit over like, because there were so many women in the family who were so opinionated and strong and all the grandchildren were were girls. He's, I think my dad was kind of like, oh, can I just have five minutes? And he'd sort of bond with my granddad over it. They'd just be like, oh, we're just surrounded by all these women all the time. But I think he would have been much better with sons because what he used to do when I, so there's six years between me and my sister as well, which is quite a big age gap when there's just two of you. But I, I was sort of a bit tomboyish anyway when I was a kid. But he used to take me to... He, there's another thing he loves, Manchester United. So he used to take me to a lot of Manchester United matches. Um, and this is something I regret, actually. I've, nev- I've never actually said this uh, publicly, so it's going on record now. Okay. So I'm, I support Manchester City. Oof. But the reason I support Manchester City is because my dad supported Manchester United and I wanted to annoy him. But... <laughs> And I regret that deeply because I used to go to a lot of, you know, in the heyday of Manchester United, you know, the, the glory days, I got to go and see loads of amazing Manchester United games and sort of, you know, I loved going to the football with him. He had nothing to say to me, you know, I'd just sit there with him, you know, yeah. I'd be there. Um, and then I sort of, as I got a little bit older, I was like, my act of rebellion was to then support Manchester City. Interesting. Which I, I regret now. Well, yeah. do you regret that now? Because now they're really good. Man United. I, you know, you know I what? I, I do still regret it. Yeah. Okay, I that's the same. So you wish? <laughs> do you, you don't think because of that you've uh, like he, that's not why why he doesn't tell you anything? He's like sacrilege. <laughs> she supports a different team. <laughs> well, he was He's... never telling me anything before that. So. <laughs> oh man, that's so. So do you know? What was your? You don't have to go into full. What was your dad's? Is he got? Is he got a very like sort of Welsh name? Is he proper like? No, it's, he got, well, this is the thing. It's called Tony. Right. And it's not Antony. It is just Tony. Christened. He's very sort of strict he about was, this. Uh, he, gets, he was a baby Tony. A baby Tony, yeah. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> just it's baby funny. Tony. <laughs> it's funny to look at a baby and think Tony. Just <laughs> full on Tony. So little Tony. He, little, little Tony. Um, so I guess. I mean, this is always a problem. What were you, what was what were your grandparents on that side like? Can you can you like look at them and go, oh, I see why you're like that. Why my dad is like that. So it's quite, so my uh, my grandma and granddad in Wales. My dad my dad's the youngest of. See, here's the other thing. I don't know how many brothers and sisters he's got, and it is. I, I think he's either one of nine or ten. All right, that's so, fair enough. So if it was like three or family. two, I'd be like, yeah, that's hard to keep track of. Huge family, and he was the he was the youngest, and my grandma Alwyn. Who, who was a lovely lady, absolutely doted on him. Right. To the, like, she he, she thought he was the bee's knees. Like, my mum... She thought he was the prin- Prince of Wales, mate. <laughs> well, exactly, he's bloody Prince of Wales. The, uh, <laughs> my mum, to this day, still says that, you know, if they have an argument, my dad is a sulker, and she says the reason he's a sulker is because his mum spoiled him. Yeah. Oh, um, that's, that's so... That's what my mum says about my dad's an only child... And he, ah. if he doesn't get his own way, he throws a strop and starts um, getting super defensive and then just shuts yes. down. And my mum yeah. is always... It's so funny how... 
was trying to think of my relationship. Do I do the same if Hannah's something? Yeah, I do sometimes. It's weird how you do that. We always go like, oh, it's because of their parents. Like, I don't know why. Why are we even <laughs> saying that? It doesn't help. It's not like no. she's going to go, oh, it's because his mum, and then he's going to go, oh, you're right. I was spoiled as a kid, and I'll just completely Yeah, now, now you've insulted my mother. Yeah, now you've insulted my dead parents. I'm going to be yes. really on side with this argument. <laughs> That's um, so but yeah, funny, he, though. That's that's so funny. I think there's, there yeah. must be some correlation of being a little there's bit... Be, um, but I, I see this with my nephew, though. So my, my sister's got three kids and um, my nephew, who is lovely. He's very he's the, the only boy, so it's two girls and a boy. He is very much a mummy's boy, which, it, which annoys me and annoys my mum as well. But I can see certain traits in him now because he's a little bit spoiled and a bit of a mummy's boy, I'm like, oh, you're just going to be like my dad, you. Interesting. Um, yeah, he's a bit of a sulker, and he kicks off a lot if he doesn't get his own way. So Interesting. Okay, so you, you, me, your dad kind of does... Yeah, my dad is sort of like, if I, I'm just going to shut down here in case in case I end up get, saying something wrong and getting shouted at, so I'd just rather just keep <laughs> yeah. my mouth shut. That's so interesting. Yeah. Have you ever um, have you ever suggested? I'm just curious to know, like, uh, not to go so into heady stuff here, but like, I started therapy very LA like two months ago for the first time. Even though mm-hmm. I generally think, you know, because of some stuff's been going on with. I've talked about this on here before. My mum's been unwell with cancer and stuff, so I've been kind mm-hmm. of just trying to deal with that being in another country. But mm-hmm. um, I've said to my, I like, <laughs> I've said to my dad, like, he needs. T- he's sort of half done counselling and he's tried therapy and he did it a bit on his own, but I'm pretty sure like he's fallen asleep and stuff like this before. And I don't know what he hasn't in any way. Someone made this point about therapy. When you want, you think someone should get therapy. What you really want them to do is go and fix some things that you think are wrong with them. And often they'll come out and maybe they'll be fixed in those ways, but fixings or whatever. But often they come out and they're like, yeah, that was all right. And then they haven't had the thing addressed that you were hoping they would get addressed. But anyway, that was a very long way of saying, has your dad ever, I, d- I doubt he has. Have you ever thought he might benefit from that or even pitched him that idea? Oh, my idea God, of- no. I, I, <laughs> I cannot imagine. He would be like, have you lost your mind? Like, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't talk to any of us. Why would you go and talk to a stranger? I mean... That's true, that's very true. But also, then again, I think about my dad. I think... Has he actually, you know, maybe he's, what you see is what you get. Like, that's yeah. that's him. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything deep that he's sort of suppressing or, or anything like that. I just think he's... He's just a simple man of simple, just a, just a simple word, nothing wrong with that. Just a bloke, yeah. Come here, son. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So this just the bloke dad and your mum, who's much more, sounds like you're kind of your friend growing up. Did you... You kind of the thing I was talking about here is like the the two kind of the oversimplified ingredients to being a, a successful comic writer podcaster. All this I do think is like hard work and then um, a bit of fearlessness to to take the leap and do it. So do you what, what who of them do you think gave you those kind of characteristics or where did you? It sounds like your dad loves his job, even though it's not yeah. a job. So that kind of did that, and he presumably is a hard worker, like clocks it, like mm. does it all the time. You get that kind of. Not necessarily directly, but do you think that attitude rubbed off on you and thought, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, like, properly? Oh, I think so, yeah, definitely. I mean, my dad, my sort of... All my memories of growing up are my dad working, Mm. working or playing rugby. Um, Or on the rare occasion, when he was a van driver and he had a, well, lorry driver, he'd take him in a trip in the lorry... Wouldn't speak to you, but you'd just, you know, be bonding <laughs> while you're in yeah. the truck kind of thing. Yeah. So I think both my parents are really, like, proper grafters. Yeah. Um, and again, that's why I spent so much time, you know, living with my grandparents growing up, because they were always at work and it was easy for them to take me to school and all that kind of stuff. But as I think, yeah, and I think all my family have, have always been really hardworking, but also have always been very encouraging of like if you want to do something you should do it nothing it's never felt like anything was out of reach for me if that that's great makes sense like um my mum since I was because when I was a kid I started writing little funny stories for my mum um about my dad being a bus driver which was weird. There you go. and uh, <laughs> it's the two she, things um, creativity and hard work in, in, you your little, in your essays there you go um so I used to write these little stories I think she's still got some of them and then she used to encourage me because she thought, oh, but she's good at writing. We'll encourage her with, you know, writing and stuff like that. And then when I got a bit older, she used to say, oh, you should do stand-up. And I, and I was, I, as a child, I was so oh, shy. She, I mean, she said it to you, actually. Yeah, you yeah. should try it. That's so cool. Yeah. So how, it, how old are you then when she said that? She said it to me from when I was about 15. <laughs> and I was like, are you mad? Because I was so shy growing up. Like, I still am shy now, which no one ever believes now. I believe um, that, by the way, because um, I had this debate actually with Kai Humphreys once and he said, no comedian is shy. And I was like, no, I think you can because it's something like weirdly, it's something weird about being up there in front of loads of people. You can kind of zone out of this thing, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Might, I, might, I, I, I don't like, um, I'm not shy, but I don't love like five people around me like, and you have to entertain them. I just immediately think everything I says is a bag of shit and I just want to just like die. <laughs> I know. I, I, I honestly, I. But also, I and I still do now. I used to blush quite easily, and I still do now. So I, I just remember. So when I was a teenager, I would go red at anything, and I'm not just talking like a bit red. I'm talking like beetroot. And then because you you, you realise you've gone red, you panic, don't you? And you go even redder. You go redder, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So my entire sort of teenage and childhood years were, were trying to, to avoid 
situations that I was like, I might be embarrassed in or, or might feel self-conscious in. So you're trying to stay, to me, trying to stay not red was your... <laughs> that's exactly it, yeah. And it's like, even now, I still, not as bad as I used to, I, I will, for no reason, just go red. Like, if I feel slightly self-conscious, it's like, oh, God, I've gone red. And then when someone says, you've gone red, it's like, I fucking no. Just mention it. <laughs> it's relentless. But... Uh, because I, I, was I know like what that. to heckle you with for what she likes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've gone sorry. red. Sorry. Um, because I was so shy and quiet, and my mum was saying, oh, you should do stand-up. I was like, I can't, it, this woman is insane. Of all the things that I could do in the world, why on earth would I want to be a comedian? Because um, I used to watch loads of comedy and stuff like growing up, and it was like one of my main interests, I think. And my mum is much more of a... I'd say my mum's more of a comedy fan than I am. Like, she's really... In, I, I remember I was going to watch stand-up, like, she went to watch... When I was a kid, she went to watch Joe Brand and sort of um, Eddie Izzard and, and stuff like that. And I, sort of it was quite a big part of, you know, what what we'd do as a, as a family. Like, we'd watch comedies together and stuff. But, I, yeah, she, she was saying to me, like, oh, you should do stand-up. And she, she went on and on and on at me for years until I got uh, sort of when Labour did all that New Deal stuff and sort of community projects because where I'm from in North Manchester is a, a shit area. Mm. They had this bright idea to do a, a comedy course, right? So I, I I did it, and I was like, oh, this is great, and I, I loved it. It's probably, like, the only thing that I ever stuck at because I've had loads of different jobs and stuff like that. And, uh, and that was it then, and I started writing, and then I did my first gig before the end of the course. And then my mum was like, oh, great. So I told you I was right, because obviously she's never wrong. Oh, yeah. so. <laughs> There we That's have it. That's a funny punchline to that. Is just, she was just basically like, I knew it. I don't care yeah. if you're happy. I knew it. If you're exactly. happy, it's a byproduct of me being correct. That's so cool, though, that your mum... What a cool bit of parenting. Not that I'm a parent yet, or maybe mm -hmm. ever will be, whoever knows. But um, uh, I love the fact that she's like... This... She saw that, like... Not a weakness, but she saw that you had the shyness and all this. and But she thought actually... Which is fine. You, there's different ways of parenting. Go, all right, that's you. But she thought, like, this will be good for you um, mm. and this will help you um, and also is something that will make you happy. That's a very stupid parenting. So I know, it is actually, when I think back. It's quite good. What, what, what did you say she does? What does she do? Does she do a job she's she She's retired loves? now. She took, like, early retirement. No, she, she sort of... This is the thing about mum. I always think... Like, my mum's worst nightmare is, is performing or being in front of anybody or, you know, she, she is, like, she can't imagine anything worse. But she's so like well read and, and intelligent and and smart and fun. She's genuinely that she is the funniest person I know. She's so funny, and I always feel like she, sort of her job when I was growing up. She was like um, to work for the city, Manchester City Council, um, being a housing officer. So basically, she'd go around like rough estates and check that all the houses were all right and people were getting repairs done and all that kind of stuff and solving neighbourhood disputes and everything and. Um, I always feel like, because my mum is so... Like, I'll I'll run... I'm more likely to run material past my mum than I am another comedian. Mm -hmm. Like, because I trust her more than I trust most people when... That's actually don't. wise, to be fair. Most comedians yeah. are just terrible yeah, to run you can't. Past, yeah. Don't tell them anything. No. So, um, but yeah, I, I always feel like my mum could have done something really creative, but I don't know, maybe because... I mean, she was 24 when she had me, which relatively young. But and I, I think, you know, bringing me and my sister up 
I always wonder if she could have done something a bit more. I don't know. She, I always feel like my mum's got a. She could write a, a good book. That's what I always think about my mum. That's that's not well. No, it's interesting what you say. I do feel as like a. Um, your mum is. She's is, when people say living vicariously. That's like it feels like that's kind of a. Isn't it? I don't think this is as black and white as that. It mm. feels like your mum has kind of wanted you to benefit from some maybe from circumstance like you said either having a kid or just also that that whenever that was i don't know what year that was but just it was way less prevalent doing stand-up and all that stuff and yeah i guess i relate to it my dad was he was a lawyer and he hated it but he did it because his parents told him to so he was basically like do don't be a lawyer do something mm-hmm. that makes you happy so your mum just probably yes yeah, I, I do get that for sometimes you look at someone whether it's a mum or anyone you go oh you could be doing this and the other but circumstances push people in different ways and you never yeah. know there's that that little bit of uh that kind of she was trying to give you that fearlessness that i think is to just like go for it and not worry about you know stability mm-hmm. <laughs> like we don't yeah know. i, th- we I think that's true yeah yeah but that's um yeah. but that's cool. but the book thing's interesting because a friend of mine who um he actually, his dad was very creative and he was helping write his uh, book with his dad. Um, his dad sadly passed away actually recently. Um, so he's going to finish the book. But um, his dad cool. was like, lo- his dad was loving doing it. So yeah, it's, I mean, even with this podcast, my dad, he doesn't even know what a podcast is, but he, he has this something in him that likes to, I don't know, entertain or whatever. Yeah. So I've, it, it's a fun thing to do. And whether, yeah, if you can find that, that little outlet for her that you'll enjoy of her, I think that's a thing worth pursuing. Especially yeah, as you called her the so. dragon 20 minutes earlier. You got yeah. like, kind of... <laughs> well, I was just quoting my father, actually. Quote, yeah, get, get Tony in me. trouble. Get Tony in trouble. <laughs> I'm sure your mum has a nickname for Tony as well. But that's so cool. Oh, what God, a... she does. She t- actually, this is true. This is genuinely true. My mum doesn't call my dad by his name at all. This is going to sound so terrible because to anyone outside of, of my family, it's like, this just sounds horrendous. My mum just calls my dad fat boy. Do you know what, though? I swear our fat, our parents, I, I, I would have laughed out of shock if it wasn't so cl- close to, what the fuck does my mum call my dad? She calls him like, um, Sir Massive Underpants or something like that. Cause he's just lit. <laughs> I can love it. It's so funny. And then she's got, no, and that's it. And for some reason she calls him, his name's John. Uh, she calls him Juanita and has him on a on her phone as Juanita, and there's some. Re- it's not. It's not like a anti Spanish thing. It's like because I can't remember what it is, but there's some reason. But anyway, she just. But my mum. Fi- I, I don't think it makes sense to you. My, I swear, my mum is with my dad mainly because she just like finds him as like him funny, but not like laughing with him. Just like laughs at his sort of just yeah. him like. Um, when I went back to visit and my mum was still in hospital and stuff and she's out and I'm doing a lot better, which is great. But when I was back, I was chatting to my dad about it and he, they were sleeping in separate beds just because of, uh, I don't know if it's marriage stuff or more. It was more like, um, cause my mum was struggling to sleep. So, so mm-hmm. anyway, I was in his bedroom and I was chatting to him and I had a 30 minute conversation and his bollock was just out of his uh, boxer shorts <laughs> for the whole conversation. Anyway. So then I like tell my mum, yeah, I had this chat with dad, you know, sit, you know, talking about you and hoping you're right. And obviously like, his fucking nut was out for the whole, and she just like, just cracked up like half an hour, like 30 seconds, just full on. She's like losing her shit laughing. And I'm like, that's so funny that like, that's the most she laughs is when like, my dad is just being an absolute massive yeah. baby of a human. I don't know. It's just a... Yeah. You see, you see, I think that is it. So like my mom 
we'll go, you know, sure, when we should go, oh, you'll never guess what fat boy's done today. <laughs> right. And I'm like, all right, okay. And she'll tell Sorry. me. Is your dad a bigger man, just to have interest, or is it just like... No. no. He's, like, he's, a, he's just a middle-aged, average-sized man. Wow. Um, you'll never guess what fat boy's done today. And then she'll be telling you about it. And it's always something where he's embarrassed himself. Because we have this thing. He's got no shame, my father. Like, he doesn't care. He genuinely doesn't give a shit what anyone thinks about him. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And he'll go into a scenario aggressively. So we have this thing in our family where if we hear my dad say, I'm not being funny, we're like, oh, shit. He's going to kick off. Right. He's going to kick off, right? Because, and I remember a lot of my childhood being in places like banks, building societies, and various other places like that. And hearing my dad say I'm not being funny, and then he would, he'd, he'd be that nightmare customer. And I just yeah. remember sitting there going, oh, God, I wish I was dead. This is awful. Um, but yeah, usually it's when he's kicked off. So <laughs> this is going to sound horrendous, right? But. Please, he go nearly for got it, banned. Mate. He nearly got banned from uh, his local GP surgery. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was so excited by what he's going to be banned for. Banned from your local GP? What did he do? He's just an asshole. This is the problem. Like, he and I understand. Like, and is I your dad is like a, sorry. Your dad is the reason all GP receptionists are so mean because they've had to deal what? with your dad. A hundred percent. This is what it is, right? So. <laughs> And I, you know, I know that you say old cliche, cliche that GPs receptionists are not very nice, but the ones that are my old doctors that I used to go to Manchester were not very nice. But you just sort of accept it, but my dad will never accept it. So he'd phone up and he'd, he'd be as aggressive back to them as they were to him. And then he'd, he'd go down there to collect something like a prescription and kick off when he's in there. And they just said, they said to him, look, you can't keep doing this if you keep verbally abusing our staff then you can't wow. come back but the worst was the doctor for some reason is he's retired now he's quite fond of my dad and took my dad's side amazing like, what is going on in like honestly he can kick off about anything though which which is good sometimes because you know it, it'll sort of it can stick up for you in great situations. But then occasionally it's like, this is not worth fighting over. Just You're let coming it go. too hot, Tony. Yeah, I know You've that. gone in too quick. You've gone in too hot, too fast. It's, yeah. And you it's haven't, disaster. doesn't, it seems that you've, you're the opposite. Man, I can't imagine you getting super angry about stuff. I get, like, I will, if I'm pissed off, I, I think this is what I think I've got from my dad. No one's in ever, ever in any doubt about how I feel about something. So if, if I'm happy, I'm happy. You know if I'm annoyed, you know if I'm angry, you know if I'm sad. I don't sort of hide my emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I get that. I, my dad will just... I mean, he has two emotions, my dad. You know, quiet. I mean, just normal and angry. So that's <laughs> it. There's no, there's no in between. That's great. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where I get that from. Like, I, I do stick up for myself and I do, you know don't take any shit and I do think I get that from my dad but also I can be very hot headed um, but it's always very short lived okay. so I sort of blow up a bit and then okay. and I'm alright so there's a bit there's a bit of bit of Tony and a bit of your mum bit there, of Tony there yeah definitely so, oh, so I meant to ask then your mum's so supportive of you getting into comedy and doing like what's your dad's reaction to this you know he's a 
is a bus driver. He's got like he's got yeah. a proper job. So is he like, what are you doing? Get a proper job, or is he on no. board of it? He's, he's he's pretty good. But the only thing my parents have always said, or my dad has always said, like you should if if you're not like I I remember a period in my life where I was about what how old was about nineteen, and I was just in that I was waiting to start a new job, and I hadn't got a reference through, so I wasn't working for about three weeks, and it my dad was like, oh you need to you need to do something you sitting around the house all day it's like. I'm just. I'm actually just waiting to start a job. So it, he's just like, as long as you're working, that's fine. Doesn't care that, what it is. That's enough, you know. That's fine. But I think he's quite. Um, I think he's quite baffled. I mean, not baffled by. It. I think he. I mean, doing I a podcast, what... getting paid to do a podcast makes no sense to a lot of people, especially no. our dad's generation. So, has he ever listened to your podcast? Oh, God, I fucking hope not. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I hope I, he's like I know the thing is my dad, I know my dad's supportive and I, and I know he's and I know he's sort of proud of, of what I do because he he tells people that I'm a stand-up comedian yeah my dad does that as well and I think that's I don't know I find it quite a weird thing because for my dad to do that it, it must show some sort of pride about what I do but but he just doesn't add it. That's a classic dad thing. He is proud. He wants to say, I'm proud of you. But something about that makes it feel weak to say to you. So he'll just say it to other people in a sort of... It's yes. sort of my dad does the same. It's kind of a weird... Yeah. I don't know what but he's, it is. He's been, I mean, he's been to see some of my... He's been to see my stand-up, which yeah. I, I fucking... I can't cope when... Can you... Can you my, did, did you clock him laugh? Did he ever laugh? Can you clock well, him Well, I have to... I sort of brief them when... So my mum's fine you know she can listen to anything i don't mind i don't feel self-conscious but when my dad's been to see like my edinburgh shows and they came up to edinburgh one year and i just said right before you go in i'm going to mention this that that's not necessarily true don't take anything rude i say just ignore it um i am going to swear and then i have to sort of brief them on on it and they're like yeah fine i know but i don't i just feel and i said i say to my dad like you're going to have to sit out of the way so I cannot see you. I cannot yeah. do this show if I see you. Yeah. My mum, not not too bad, but my dad, I can't even. But it's it's weird because my boyfriend's dad is lovely, get on with him very well, but he's not allowed to come watch my stand-up because, as my boyfriend says, he will die. It will be too much for him to take in. He won't be able <laughs> to cope. <laughs> Like, he said, if he hears me say certain things, he said, I think my... If my he, he says, is it because like, you're talking about sex sex stuff? Yeah, and, and he's sort of... Um, and we get on so well, he's, he's quite um, quite conservative, old-fashioned type of, mm-hmm. of chap. Great sense of humour, though. But I, I do feel that if, if he came to see me do stand-up, he would just dissolve. It'd kill him. <laughs> People so he, do... He can't I feel like audiences forget, like, when someone is on stage been very uh, open and honest which is obviously great for stand-up and makes people laugh <laughs> you forget there is some of us have a pair of, i mean i'm it, it doesn't affect me so much i don't i'm pretty whatever you can take your mum to watch my stuff generally i'm not gonna mm-hmm. i don't I, I don't know i don't i don't think anyone wants to hear me talk about sex is what i think anyway mm-hmm. so i don't do it but uh, when people do it well like yourself then it's just funny to think that there is an old man related to you in some way who <laughs> is going to be really shocked by what you're saying. 
is how what, sort of, what can you just give me the is just just se- is there like a specific sex based sort of and it like are we talking how <laughs> so just, do you know what it what, is how detailed I, are we being in this so i think so for example it I think my, st- and I have said to my boyfriend's dad, I said, my last show that I did, I said, I think you could come and watch this show because there's nothing particularly rude in it. There's a bit of swearing and it was, you know, that didn't really do much sense. Can I just stuff. say on the swearing, because my in-laws, my, my wife doesn't still not, sw- I can't swear on her in-law, but my in-law, I can't swear, I'm 35 and I, I can't swear <laughs> in her presence, which is just hilarious to me in 2022. But um, the not swearing thing can just fuck off as a thing that but- we have to be worried about. Yeah, I agree. But also, I this is weird as well. I don't swear in front of my parents. Oh, you don't swear in front of your parents? No, no. Occasionally, I might slip up. But my, I mean, my parents swear. My, I've, you know, as oh, I've got older. Swear. If they swear, you can swear. I know, it's... but I just have this thing. I just don't swear. In front, I don't even swear in front of my sister. What the? And it's so weird. We don't swear in front of each other. But my parents swear a lot, and oh, they, yeah. you know. But my, again, this is the thing. So my boyfriend's dad, because he's quite old-fashioned, he doesn't swear in front of women, right? This no, is how so old. old school. And it, old school. But uh, my boyfriend had him on speakerphone a few months ago, oh, and I heard him say, fucking hell. And I went, oh! And it was like my world had ended. Yeah. So I was like, well, I totally understand why he maybe shouldn't come and watch my stand-up, because I've just heard him say that, and I'm like, oh, I can't he's ruined that. your image of him, so he's, he's ruined he's, it. Yeah, you're like a little cherub to him, and he's like, I can't hear her talk about rude words. And I don't know exactly. what I was going to say. That. Oh no, yeah. that's hilarious. That's so yeah. weird, isn't it? It's so weird that you can't. But yeah, so if anyone out there likes their stand up, and you're seeing someone be quite even swearing, just imagine that there's a parent, whether related or not, who's going to be <laughs> just uncomfortable during that whole bit. Very. Yeah, my mum, I've said this before, but my mum didn't watch me for ages um, do stand up and then eventually watched me have like the shittest gig of all time. It was so bad, like oh, at the Tabard in Chiswick. And it was just like, she was like, what are you doing with your life? Oh, no. And then, um, but she only really laughs at jokes uh, about her and my dad and everything else. She just stares at me like I'm insane. Yeah. <laughs> she so likes stuff she can relate to. She's like, yeah, it's a narcissism, I think. It's got to be a, just very directly linked to her. Um, that's so funny. Okay, so um, what... Uh, oh, yeah, this feels like a good time now, Paul. Can we um, tee up my... We were talking about dads. I, I really want to do a, a spin-off podcast where we, we just chat to your dad and try and find out any information about him. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Um, Paul, can we uh, play my dad's... Uh, so you can get a sense of my dad and how he sounds. He 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 looked you up online and oh. have, I can't remember. He's is it sort of a taco stuff he's like talking about? Paul? It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my dad just he read. I think he found your Twitter and started reading stuff on it because he started talking and I was like, where have you got ah. this? Let me just okay. yeah, let's play it and see what, what what he says. To what extent does your life as a rare book librarian? encourage your interest in tacos does it release the inner taco in you did did the rare books influence her her interest in the um the inner taco <laughs> i don't know what that means do you know what it was he started talking uh i don't know how much is gonna stay in the intro but we started talking so much about hot taco he goes she loves 
She does a ah, podcast okay. about hot I'm- tacos. But the thing is, then I was like, because I, I know you, I know your other podcast, and I know your stand up a bit. So I was like, hot taco. And then I like Google hot tacos, like a, 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 like a slang for some sex thing. And I was like, oh, what God. the fuck? And I was like, oh, you didn't get, yeah, right. Because I was like, what, what is going oh, on? And then oh, I think, what, can you explain the hot taco context? So to, uh, I, uh, I mean, you, you know, um, surely you've met Danny McLaughlin. The I know Danny McLaughlin very well. You know Danny? Right. Yeah. So Danny's a good friend of mine, and he does a podcast called the Dan Daniel podcast and he does this thing with a taco place in Chester where it's like you know you've got to eat hot the hottest taco available anyway which I did do and it ruined my life for two days uh it was horrendous it was too hot and I I will never do anything I was trying to be clever wasn't I uh and it didn't work out the way I ruined your life for two days how hot was it 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 was uh, so we started off with, with like nice, delicious ones. I was like, oh, this is great. And I, I genuinely thought I can take, I can, I'm fine with hot food. I'm fine. Chili, great. Love chili, whatever. Yeah. It was so hot. I, dr- I had to drink like a downed a pint of milk, which then just made me really uncomfortable for the rest of the day. But oh it God. was so hot that I could feel it in my sort of windpipe, the, the sort of the, the um, tingle of it for two days. And also, I, I, this, and I'm not exaggerating here, I had a panic attack. <laughs> and I hadn't had a panic attack for about 15 years. So the day after this, I was just sat at my friend's house, still feeling the effects of it. And I just went, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I'm having a panic attack. Oh my for the God. first time in, like, 15 And I can only attribute it to that taco. Do you know what? I, I was comically judging in my head at the start and then you reminded me of a of a vaguely related thing to parents and spicy food where my in-laws visited us in LA and we went to a restaurant just down the street and it came with like these chilies and I, I'm normally I'm like I'm alright with chilies I ate one and it, it fucked me up so badly yeah. that I had to go back immediately I was like I need to go I need to like I like raced away <laughs> and this is sorry listeners this is graphic I had to do a shit and throw up at the same time oh genuinely oh my god it was like it was like in I, it was that quick it ru- I was I was physically oh. sick I was physically sick from Dog. eating a spicy I, food I, and I was like I had to do both it was like it had to go out both exits at the oh same oh my god it's horrendous isn't it sorry listeners that's it just reminded me and then my in-laws are like what's what's this what's this guy's problem <laughs> with the right guy can't oh even God, handle a little chili yeah so um i don't know how basically he's really crowbarred and he's very he was very excited to find out he used to be a rare book librarian because he buys and sells rare books oh does he yeah well so i'll tell you about that I, now on wikipedia i don't know who did my wikipedia but they uh first of all my age is wrong which is fine but they said that i was a rare i worked full time as a rare books librarian now I wasn't officially a librarian. I did work in a rare books library. I did work with the items and the books, and I did, um, you know, bring readers, uh, you know, what they'd requested and all that kind of stuff, and do tours of the building and all that kind of thing. But my official title wasn't librarian, so I have to, I have to address that. Okay. But I really enjoyed working. It's on the record, her. guys. Stop calling it's her a librarian record. when you meet her. Stop calling me a librarian. Um, they were. I loved working there. It was the John Rylands Library in Manchester and we got to work with so many amazing things so they had like um, if it, I mean your dad's probably heard of it Audubon's Bird Book which is one of the most valuable um, books in the world 
How much are we talking? Uh, how, how much? That's all we care about. How much cash? This is like well, Antiques Roadshow. We weren't allowed to know how much Ooh. things were worth. So, because obviously they don't trust you, do they? But we did have. I think it was a first. Yeah, it must be first edition of um, Dante's Inferno. Ooh. And I think that was worth something like seven million. Because um, an academic told me when they shouldn't have what it, what it was worth. So. But also, I loved working at it. It, sort of, um, it wasn't so much like the, you know, like there was a, the first folio of Shakespeare's sonnets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was all like really iconic stuff. But it was all the other stuff that I liked that you got to um, look at, like people's diaries from the Victorian times. Well, you know, it was like yeah. a, just people's general archives, that kind of stuff. And we had, there was an Oscar, they had an Oscar in the archive for um, Robert Donat, the actor who was in. Is it uh, Goodbye, Mr. Chips? And the 39 Steps, was he in? I think he might have been in that. But he was from Manchester and he won an Oscar. So his Oscar, his archive was donated to the library and we had an Oscar there. That was very exciting. Um, But I loved it. I loved working there. The people were fucking awful. But um, (laughs) the... uh, What a landing, what a landing for that. I loved it, the people. Do you mean the people that came in to look at the stuff? like, Like library dwellers? Sort of the um yeah. the academic staff could be a bit irritating, but and some of the people that came in to look at stuff could be awful. Some of them, I mean, I'm still actually this is weird as well. So I, it was generally like the the middle management type people that mm-hmm. were the worst people we worked with. But Always all industries, I, yeah. But I've made I made some really good friends there, like and but friends that you wouldn't expect. I don't know that I would be friends with. So I'm friends with um. Uh, a chap who, you know, he's Oxford educated. He, he's the head of the Methodist archives. He's mad religious, and he's like a sixty odd year old man. Got nothing in common. I think he's a member of Opus Dei, the mad Catholic, right. you know, group. But every so often I go to Manchester, have a pint with him, we have a right old laugh. There you go. So, you I, was know, gonna, I, I was going to say he's like a he's like an alter, alternative father figure to you. Just also nothing in common. They're just uh, just exactly a, just, nothing in just common. Just an older bloke. <laughs> just an older bloke. That's it. And I, I don't know anything. I know more about him than I do my dad. It's insane. <laughs> oh my god! I know more about him oh, than I do my dad. Man, um, but yes. Anyway, that's great. I, think okay, I'm my, rambling my, I know now. my dad. My no, no. I my dad will find. I I, I I'm glad I got some some gossip on the. I'm going to tell him he loves ask he's obsessed with how much everything is so he's like how much is that worth is and so if i do any if i book a gig how much how much is all he cares about so i'll tell him dante's <laughs> inferno seven million that yeah was, i uh, think it... that was a drunk academic said something he shouldn't have said but he'll be he'll be happy to know yeah i've got that gossip for him um before one. we wrap it up rachel this will be so fun and uh i i, I don't i'm sure your dad won't be listening maybe your mum will be listening um if they're listening do you like to do you would like to say anything to them well, no, I mean, but if I, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell my mum pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, run everything past her. Apart from the, nick, the nick, nickname, that's the first time she might have heard that. From, yeah, yeah, apart from you that. Just, you just grasped up Tony. <laughs> that's what I'd like to do. I'd like to apologise to my dad for grassing up mum's nickname, and I'd like to apologise to my mum for um, enabling it. There we go. There we go. That's good. That's that's <laughs> that's that's a line under that. And then what, what I also like my guest at the end is... Um, just my dad still hasn't said I love you obviously you're in a similar situation mm-hmm. so maybe you could direct this at my dad and maybe a bit of your dad what do you think you could say to potentially encourage 
the ripping that band-aid off oh it's difficult isn't it i mean it's it's hard because i see i think and see i know my dad loves me because his way of showing that he loves you is to give you a lift somewhere classic or, classic dad. you know Especially arrange a store yeah or arrange a storage unit for you you know that kind of thing um yeah, and it's difficult. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the only the only way I'd say to my dad now, if if you want to, you know, life's very short. <laughs> You're going to have to say it at some point. I mean, don't wait for your deathbed, okay? Because that just brings everyone down. <laughs> so get just it say done. it. Pre-deathbed, get an "I love you." Pre-deathbed, please. Yeah, it'll make us too. Don't, sad don't be such a cliche on your deathbed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's true. Yeah. Come on, Dad. Think of it as a storage unit, but in word form. I love there you. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Um, Rachel, that's brilliant. Before we go, do you want to plug anything? I think you should, I mean, plug your podcast, please, or anything else oh, you want to plug. Yes, I have a podcast about serial killers that I hope my father hasn't listened to uh, that I do with my friend and fellow comedian, Kiri pritchard McLean. Um, it's far too rude for most dads, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Good. yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't listen to that. Um, but also follow me on Twitter because I've got lots of previews coming up before Edinburgh this year. I'll be at the Edinburgh Fringe this year. And that's it, really. Great. What's your at, at, just your name? At Rachel Fairburn, yeah. Easy, easy. Easy. Um, Rachel, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Um, I've enjoyed myself. Thank you. uh, It's been a real laugh. Um, I always say this to everyone. Don't get weirded out, but I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel weird now. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.